really mean it when I say it's a privilege to be here. The, uh, I was a pastor, church planter uh, in Connecticut for 18 years and uh, involved in two church plants. And I love pastoring. I, I absolutely love it. I love, I love Sundays. I love getting together. I love helping people through hard times. I love figuring out what God was doing in our congregation and trying to help us to be what he intended us to be. And I, I uh, went on from there and um, worked with a man named Randy Clark and traveled around the world with him, planning international trips and taking teams of anywhere from 50 to 300 people uh, on international trips. Matter of fact, uh, went to Brazil over 20 times uh, in, in the period of seven years. Um, so I'm very jealous of that man who's going to Brazil tomorrow. I don't know where, if he's, are you still here, John? He's back there, okay. I was going to tell him to say the most important word you can say in Portuguese, and that's churrascaria. I don't know if you know what that is. That, that's basically the, it's this rest, special restaurant where they come out with these cuts of beef and they just keep serving you. And that, that's the most important word you can say in Portuguese. Uh, that's great. I, lo I love Brazil. I, I love the countries I've been to. But, uh, but then after, but, um, after that, traveling with Randy and, and, and seeing amazing miracles around the world, seeing the power of God being poured out in tremendous ways in, in meetings, literally, it was just becoming common, in our, especially on our international trips, for blind eyes to see and deaf ears to hear and lame to walk tumors to fall off and cancer to disappear. I mean, it was just common. It wasn't like, it, it started getting like, okay, well, we're just expecting that to happen, like, you know, a numerous times on each trip. And, and it was happening. And, uh, but as much as I saw the supernatural power of God, I, there was something in my heart that was, still crying out. It's like we're still far away from where we need to be. Because as much as I love the supernatural power happening in meetings and where people were getting healed, Christians were getting healed, non-Christians that were coming into those meetings were absolutely amazed and would, would come to Christ. But I knew that wasn't enough. I knew that's not how God ultimately intended it because the meetings were just supposed to be the practice sessions for us to take the same power out in our lives every day. And, and, and it wasn't happening. This is what I long for. I long for the body of Christ, that everywhere we go, that we really become the eyes, hands, feet of Jesus. That literally, everywhere we go, we'd see that, those same miraculous things happening in Walmart and in Starbucks and at the gas station and wherever we are. And so, and so these acts of kindness that we do, yes, we have the ability to show love and and to show amazing acts of kindness, but we also have the ability to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to raise the dead, and to preach the good news that the kingdom of God is right here. And that's what's been going on this week. How many have had a chance this week to, to go to one or more of the meetings this week? Awesome, awesome. So glad you're there. I don't know. Um, I can't even tell you how many 
hundreds and hundreds of lives. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm sure it was over a thousand. People would go out. We'd have six times of going out after every morning and afternoon session. We'd just say, okay, now, it's not enough to just to hear. We've got to take it and we've got to do And we'd go out, and it wouldn't be a hunting expedition. A lot of evangelism, a hunting expedition, it's like, who can I get to pray a prayer? You know, and receive Jesus. And listen, I love souls. I want people to be praying a prayer and receive Jesus. You understand? I, I, I'm not against that at all. But it's not a hunting expedition to try to get, that's not my main goal, to try to get somebody to pray a prayer. My main goal is to show the love of God. It's to, to show that the great God who's loved me, this great God who's loved me that we just sang about who who stretched out his hands on a cross and who loves me with tremendous love, a steadfast love, a never-ending love. It's that to show this person in front of me who's, you know, who, who's, who's ringing up my groceries or who's, who's taking my order or who uh, just happens to be standing there on, the, on the, the, the sidewalk that I'm coming up to. It's to show them the love of God. To let them know how much Jesus loves them. To, to see if there's anything in their life that God wants to just transform. Maybe they have some pain. Maybe they have some sickness that needs to get rid of. You know, I can do that. You know, you can do that. You know, we can do that. Right? Maybe you're not so convinced yet. Maybe not. We're going to get there, okay? Like I said, I... I was a pastor for 18 years, and I loved it. And I've been in churches all over the world. I've had just had amazing privileges. I, I, I've just, I thank God so much for the privileges that I've had to teach pastors around the world and be in some most amazing churches in, in different countries that are making a difference in those countries. And, 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 I, and I, can, I can tell where churches are just within a few minutes of being in the church, I, I mean, I, it's like God just, I don't know, maybe I have that pastor's heart or whatever still, I still, even though I'm not a pastor, but I can, like I come in here and I know that this is a place of excellence. That I, I know, I, I can tell your pastor and those in your leadership have determined that this is going to be a church of excellence. I mean, I can just tell. I can tell in so many ways, not just the building, not just the, I, I mean, you can tell by the worship team. You can tell by the, the, the just the, the, the atmosphere that is set by the, the folks that are greeting you at the door. You can tell that folks have determined that this is we're going to make this a place of excellence. And, and, I, and I so appreciate that. You know, heaven is a, a place of excellence. And, and when we do things like heaven, it just reflects what God's like. Okay? So it's, it's good. It's a good thing. And and I and I and and I don't and I believe me I don't say this to every church I'm in. Matter of fact, I say this particular thing. I don't even remember saying this at all to any church that I've ever been in. Um, I mean, I have other things that I see about those churches, but but um, I don't remember ever saying these things because I just know that it's something that God's doing here. But I but I, here, here's I want to share um, that I know for me as a pastor. I wanted me, I came to a point where I realized I wanted not only for my own life, and, but I wanted for the people around me. I wanted that same excellence, that same 
excellence of praise. I mean, listen, I am, I, I, I really, if I start thinking about what just happened in the service, I could cry. Like, I am, I'm just so proud of a church that will honor veterans and honor our country. Is there, do we have a perfect country? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you know what? When I've been in a lot of different countries, and I know that the corruption, I mean, we may have corruption in our, our political system, but there's a whole lot more in other countries. There, there might be freedom in other countries, but there's a whole lot more in this country. And it's because of the folks like that stood up here that have served us and, and have, have bled and died, many of them, for our freedom. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate taking time. And I appreciate taking time for communion. I appreciate taking time. I mean, just the, the praise. I, it just, I just love it. I just love it. So thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Leading. But I want to see that same excellence in every area. It just makes me long. I want to have excellence in my life. I want the same uh, heaven to earth. Okay, we bring the value of heaven down to earth in our service. And the same, and the praise of heaven down to earth in our service. But you know what? I want to see the same heaven to earth. I want to, Jesus said, when you pray, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to bring heaven to earth with me everywhere I go. I want to bring heaven to earth with me everywhere I go. And we have the privilege of doing that. And so I like, we're really. As Christians, we're really good at, at services. Many, many places have really good services and really good praise times, and, and, and it engenders in us something that we want to like honor our amazing Heavenly Father like He deserves. He's the God of this universe, and He's the God who created us, and we want to honor Him, and, and, and I want to do that. But you know what? I want that to translate into every second of every day. See you nodding with me. Amen. Thank you. And so, so the whole reason I started Power and Love Ministries, and actually uh, nine years ago, Todd White and I, uh, we, he, he, was, he was actually just a new Christian at the time, and I had started this ministry called Power and Love Ministries because, because I knew we, we couldn't just be good at worship services. We had to be good at love. We had, to good at, we had to be good at knowing how to step out in love. And I find, I find we're really lacking. Most of the body of Christ is really lacking at loving the person in front of us. We're, we're usually too afraid. That same amazing worship and praise and, and exuberance that comes out on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or some other time is quieted down to a nothing when we stand in front of a person we might not know or, or, and we don't, we don't open our mouth and tell them how much Jesus loves them. We don't open our mouth and, and, and believe that the same power of God that we saw maybe do a miracle in our service is going to flow through our own hands. Have you ever talked to your hands? Have you ever talked to your hands? I know there's a thing like talk to the hand because the ears aren't listening. I mean, there's that kind of thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like talking to your hands, saying, do this with me. Hold your hands out. Say, hands. Are you talking to them? Are you really talking to them? Say, hands. 
You're amazing. You're the instruments of God. The power of God wants to flow through you. Get ready, hands. You're going to see healing and miracles as I lay you on other people. They're instruments of righteousness. Paul talks about in Romans 7 that our, our the members of our body are instruments of righteousness that we can, we can dedicate ourselves to the Lord. These hands, this mouth, these eyes should be used and dedicated for bringing His glory into people's lives around us. Turn to Mark chapter 2. I'm going to tell you a couple stories. go through this scripture. Um, I'm going to try to keep track of where we are. Pastor, about what time do we want to be hitting at? at 11.50? Okay. Right, that's good. You know, you, know what, uh, you know what it means when a preacher looks at the clock, right? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm going to try to Keep us on track. Um, uh, okay, so um, let me tell you a story. As you're, you're going to Mark chapter 2, verse 1, I'm going to read that in a second. But let me just tell you a story. I, I started, for Randy Clark, I started the Global School Supernatural Ministry, which is basically a, a ministry school. We had 50 students the first year, all different ages, 19 to 69, and uh, every, every age grouping in between, and and, and we were training these students. I was like, Lord, maybe if we could just start out. Like, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't see, I didn't see much in the church of Jesus Christ. Even churches that believed in the supernatural. Even churches that believed in healing. I didn't see people living that out on a daily basis. Like, everywhere we go. Like, I, could, I know that, like, within families, okay, if one person hurt themselves or whatever, families would pray for one another or whatever. But it wouldn't be like, no, we got to go and pray for our neighbor. We got to. We gotta, this person, we gotta find out if there's something in their life that I'm a, that's there at, in standing in line with me at, at Walmart. Uh, we, we gotta, it, it, there wasn't like an aggressiveness to show God's glory and see it happen through us. Why? Because the, just the, we lack that confidence in general. We lack, lack that, God, is God really gonna use me? And we tend to be in fear. We're kind of like the army of Israel before Goliath. In fear, kind of just in fear like, oh, I don't know if God's going to do the supernatural and kill the giants in front of me. And the giants in this case tend to be sickness and disease, cancer and AIDS and all kinds of things that are out there. Those are the giants that are in the land that are telling us, no, Christians, you don't have the power. You don't have the power to defeat me. I'm bigger. And until Christians rise up and say, no, the cross of Jesus Christ that we just sang about, the blood of Jesus Christ that we just celebrated, the blood has conquered. And we aren't just going to celebrate it in here on Sunday mornings. We're going to celebrate everywhere we go. And it's going to be good. It was uh, in that, that group of 50 students, there was just, these students just started we, as we poured into them and then we'd go out. Once we'd like go out once or twice a week, we'd just say, come on, go out. Go out to the malls. Go, go anywhere. Just go out to lunch. Go to Panera Bread. Go wherever and, and just love on people. 
and pray for people and, and believe that God's going to show up. And you know what? God starts showing up. How many were there Wednesday night when I shared the story of the two ladies in the mall? All right, good. I'm going to share that story again. Because this was a life-changing story for me. I'm going to get to Mark 2. You're at Mark 2? I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I promise you. This was, the, this was the story that solidified the course of my life. And for the rest of my life. It was, it was one of our first days where we, at the beginning of our school year, where we, where we decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to divide up into twos. 50, 50 people divided into twos. 25 teams going out. And just we sent them out wherever. And uh, we didn't tell them where to go. They just went wherever they wanted to go. And uh, we just said, just love on people and pray for people. And be, be, now we'd done this in other countries because I was so busy traveling internationally that I had not ever really done this and gathered a group of people in the United States to do this. But we'd done it in Brazil and India and I mean, China and all over. And, um, and everywhere. It was crazy. Like the miraculous. The people would get saved. It was just unbelievable. And here I was with 50 students and about to send them out a day or two before, and I realized I had never sent out people in the United States. I hope it works. Honestly, I mean, I mean, as much as you just think, oh, Tom, you've seen all these miracles and healings and people getting out of wheelchairs and all kinds of stuff, and, and, and you only have the faith to say, I hope it works in the United States. Well, yeah, that's where I was, okay? I'm sorry, that's where I was. And, and so I prayed. Lord, let there be at least two or three really powerful things that happen so that the other students don't get discouraged. You know what I mean? And want to keep doing these outreaches, you know, and there's not this rebellion, oh, we don't want to do outreach, we just want to come and listen and hear teaching, which is where a lot of the church is. So, so I prayed that. And we gathered, we sent, we, we went out and came back and shared testimonies. And every one of those 25 teams had a powerful testimony of God showing up and doing amazing, miraculous things where people were in tears, where people were getting healed, where they were getting words of knowledge, where things were happening that were just incredible that only God could do. Not arguing with people to, about Jesus and trying to convince him who, they, who he is, but actually God showing up and the glory of God revealing Jesus. Blew me away. And I've, I, you know, that was, uh, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And I forget a lot of the stories, but I'll remember, I'll never forget one of them. It's these two ladies, middle-aged ladies, probably in their early 50s. They had joined together and gone out together. And they were gone to a mall and they prayed for a couple people. And blessed some people and just prayed for maybe somebody's business and prayed for, uh, you know, you can bless people's businesses, right? You know, like you can go into a business and actually like declare over that business that it's going to prosper and it'll prosper. You can, I mean, that, you're just bringing heaven to earth. You're just bringing the prosperity. You know you have that ability. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. But anyway, so, um, so these um, two ladies were about to leave the mall and they're walking out and one of them gets a pain in her lower back. Do you know how to listen to God and how God speaks to you? He speaks in a number of different ways. Sometimes we're not listening very well. 
Sometimes we're not tuning in. Well, this lady, this lady realized that she doesn't normally get pains in her lower back, and she's like, I think that's one of those words of knowledge. Word of knowledge is when God shows us something about somebody else that we couldn't know in the, I mean, they know it in the natural, but we, don't, we, didn't, we only know it because God shows us in the supernatural about them, okay? So, so uh, she's like, I think I just got a word of knowledge. I think, I think there's somebody around here that has a pain in their lower back. And the other lady says, wow, just as you said that, I got a pain in my lower back. So like, God's confirming it. So like, oh, cool. So, so they started looking around. There weren't many people in the mall that day, but there's some ladies over at a kiosk. I'm going to get to Mark chapter 2, I promise. Okay, I'm getting there, right after this story. Um, and so they go over to the kiosk, and, uh, and they go up and they say, hey, we're here from the Global School of Supernatural Ministry, and we're out praying for people. And now, normally, when you, when you go out, you're not representing your church, Christ Point, or, or anything. You're just representing Jesus, okay? We hadn't told them that part yet, just like you're not out. But, but hey, we're here with the Global School of Supernatural Ministry, and we're out praying for people, and, 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 and we want to you know, know if one of you has a pain right here in their lower back. Now, there was like the, the person behind the kiosk who was running it, and there was a couple ladies in front, and, and, and one of the ladies, like, you know, like some of them were saying no, but one of the ladies said, well, yeah, I have a pain in my lower back, but they're looking at them like they're crazy. You know, you're with who? You're what? You're doing what? And, and so this lady says, I have a pain in my lower back. And they're like, oh, great. Um, we we want to pray for you. And she's like, okay, that's fine. I mean, but she thought, she's going, going back and looking at the jewelry, and, and she's thinking, like, you're going to go home and pray for me. And, and they're like, no, 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 we want to pray for you now. She goes, like, at the mall? And, and they're like, yeah, just take a second. Can I just put my hand right there on your back? And she's like thinking, this is really weird now. All right, I guess, you know. And she's not on page at all. But th thankfully, the, the, the student at the school just knew, knew enough to pray really quick. We teach really quick prayers because it's not the length of your prayer. It's the faith behind it. So she just prayed really quick. Pain in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. And the lady says... Amen. Meaning like, get away from me now. And, and they're like, no, we, we, want you to, we want you to test it out. Can you do something you wouldn't do? Is it still hurting? She goes, well, it mainly hurts when I walk. And, and she said, well, could you, could you walk? Could you test it? She's like, all right. I mean, she's like really frustrated now. And so she starts walking. Oh, my. Oh, my. And she's looking at them. She comes back and she's looking at them. And she's starting to cry. And she looks at them. And in all seriousness, she says, are you angels? She was serious. She's like looking at them, studying them, trying to figure out, is this human or is this angelic? And I mean, it was around the time when Touched by an Angel was on. I don't know if you've seen that show, but, you know, and, and, and where the angels show. And, but, and she's trying to figure this out. And they're like, no, we're here from the Global School of Supernatural Ministry, and we're out praying for people. And, and she's like really crying now. She says, you don't understand. I woke up this morning, I'm so depressed. I decided this morning I cannot live another day. I have a loaded gun at home. And I was coming to this jewelry kiosk to buy a ring, put it on my finger, and go home and shoot myself. Are you angels? And she's like, oh no. God interrupted our day. And gave, told us that somebody had pain in their back and came over and healed you because he wants to let you know 
He's got a plan for your life. And whether you believe it or not, He cares about you. He loves you today. That did it for me. Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. And we get to do it too. And that day, how many works of the devil were that have been sown into that woman's life to get her to the point of having to, to say, this is my last day on earth. How many lies, how many hard things came against her that she probably was blaming God for? How many of those things the enemy twisted in her life? He had the fingerprints on it, but then he blames God. That's his plan of attack. He, does, he destroys lives, and then he blames God. Oh, God did that to you. And he brings it to a point of depression and despair and hopelessness, and yet then the Father steps in through somebody just like you and undoes years of lies in a couple minutes. Mark chapter 2. And when he'd come back to Capernaum several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together, and there's no longer room even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them, and they came, bringing a paralytic carried by four men, and being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I know I've read that really fast. And I know it's a story you, I'm sure you've probably heard before if you've been in church or, or around much. It's a, it's, it's, it's a story of Jesus coming back to Capernaum uh, and, and, and kind of his home base for ministry. And he was now gathered to get, they, they were, he gathered in this home. He was in this home and he was having a meeting. And there was now, and you can tell, there's so many people that were gathered at this home. There just wasn't room in, in this place. It was like so many people in this place. And you know why there's so many people in this place? You know why all these people heard about it? It was because the advertising they had done on the billboards on the streets of Capernaum. Jesus, revival meetings at Jesus' house. No, it wasn't that. It was the radio ads that they had done all week for weeks before they'd done the radio. Je no, it wasn't that either. It was the newspaper, the Capernaum Gazette, was talking full page ad. Come on. You know why people had gathered. They'd heard the stories about Jesus. They'd heard the things that Jesus had done. And they'd gathered together. They were gathering like, hey, maybe this is my day. Hey, maybe Jesus might do something for me. I want to go and hear Jesus. The church of Jesus Christ in our country, I, believe me, advertising is great. And Billboards and whatever, handouts and leaflets and flyers and whatever we do to get the word out about our services. But I tell you, that should be 0.01% of what draws people to our church. If people are not coming because they have, because they, have heard stories of what's happened through lives, through our lives about Jesus, then something's wrong. We gotta go back to the basics. We gotta go back to the drawing board. Something's wrong. It's supposed to be happening through us.
So these guys, I, I, I kind of, I try to get into Scripture. I, I, this is, uh, this, the Scripture doesn't say this, but I, this is just, can I use my imagination for a second? I, I, sometimes when I read Scripture, I just like, Lord, what happened there? I mean, there's this paralytic, and he had four fr- at least four friends. And who knows if it was the paralytic who heard the stories about Jesus or if it was the guys themselves like, hey, we have this paralyzed friend. We got to get him to Jesus. And, and so I, I don't exactly know how they did it, but I know they got him on a pallet and they started carrying him. Now, I know it wasn't probably next door. They probably, who knows, did they have to go a mile? Did they have to carry him a half mile? It took some work to get this guy to Jesus, carrying somebody. To, to, and they get to the house and there's all these people already there. What are we going to do? Who knew the conversation? Maybe one of them might have said, oh, man, it's too busy today. Maybe we should go back. Somebody, who knows, it was the paralytic saying, come on, get me to Jesus. Or if it was the paralyzed guy, no, we got to, I don't know, how can we do it? I don't know. Let's take him up on the roof. On the roof. Jesus isn't up on the roof. I know, but at least we'll be closer. Let's go up on the roof. And at the roof those days, there was a time where they would like do the wash. They would bathe up on the roof. They had kind of like a patio area. And, and then they got them up on the roof. And they're like, what do we do now? Let's dig through the roof. I mean, this is real. Like, we read the scripture, we read the scripture sometimes as though it's like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But this is like real life stuff that happened. And, and so they're like, Okay, let's dig through the roof. Now, I don't know whether it was like mud or, or, or if it was a thatched, kind of a thatched roof over an area that, where Jesus was, but they started digging through the roof to get their friends to Jesus. You know, friends get their friends to Jesus. Friends do whatever it takes to get their friends to Jesus. But you say, but hold it, how can I, Jesus isn't here today. He's not here today. How can I get my friends to Jesus? I want to get them to Jesus. I want to get them to Jesus. I'm going to, turn to, I'm going to come back to, to Mark 2. I want to go on a little sidetrack here. Luke 7. Luke 7. Let me just read Luke 7, starting at verse 18, about how you can get your friends to Jesus. John's disciples, it's going to seem like, what does this have to do with anything? I know what I'm doing. Hold on a second. Okay, Luke 7, 18. John's disciples told him about these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who's to come, or should we expect someone else? This is a little story about John the Baptist, okay? Um, and, uh, and when the men came to Jesus, they said, now John the Baptist is in prison at this point, okay? He had one expectation. He was like, prepare the way of the Lord. This is, this is, this is Jesus here. And, and he thought, okay, good things are going to happen now. And then all of a sudden, John gets thrown in prison. And he's got like a death sentence on him. And he's like wondering, what's going on? I knew that's probably never happened to you. Like you came to Christ, amazing, it was really good, and then all of a sudden things started going wrong in life. And you're like, oh, this wasn't the plan. John has a death sentence on his head. And he's beginning to wonder, is this really Jesus? Is this really the Christ? And so calling two of them, he sent to... He sent them to the Lord, ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Do you see what happened? 
Did you see what happened? Again, I read it fast. I'm trying to get through. But here's what happened. The men come to Jesus. John wants to know, are you really the Christ? Are you just Jesus of Nazareth, just another guy? Or are you the Christ, the anointed one, the one sent from God? We need to know. John needs to know. And Jesus is like, hold on a second. Boom, 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 boom. Healing, healing. Eyes open. Leprosy cured. You see that happen? And then he comes back to the men and he says, go back and tell John what you've seen and heard. He says, he's basically saying, John, I don't want you to believe just on account of what I say. I want you to believe because of the works that I do. This is showing that it's God. That's how you know, John, that I'm not just Jesus of Nazareth. I'm Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. Right? You know what? When Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send another just like myself. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that that Holy Spirit now fills his people that he has, by coincidence, called the body of Christ. Jesus was here. He was the body of Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was Jesus the Christ. We now have another one just like the same one actually that Jesus had being filled with the Holy Spirit. We now have that same Holy Spirit, and we are now the body of Christ. We are. And, and you know what? When people People don't. When people don't know what's true, when people aren't sure, is Christianity true? Is Islam true? Is Hinduism true? Is Jehovah's Witness true? Is what? What's the truth? Is maybe there's no truth out there? Maybe I can't know the truth. We should be able to say. Boom, 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 boom. Don't just listen to our good teaching here that happens. We should be able to say, look it. The same way that Jesus did. You, I know you might have doubts. You might not be sure about, about this. But you can be sure because of what you see and hear. It should be happening through us. When you hit, when you meet somebody, you know, I understand. When you go out there and you say, hey, Jesus loves you so much. I mean, whenever, let me, here, let me give you a hint. If you go up to somebody, you're like, I want to do this. I want to look. I want to love people. I want to love people. I'm loved. And I want to love this person in front of me. And, and you don't know what to say. Say the most true thing that you could ever say. Hey, do you know how much Jesus loves you? It's the most true. It, it, it's all, it's my fallback plan. If I get, don't get a word of knowledge, if I don't get a prophetic word, if I don't absolutely know, okay, this is how I'm supposed to go. Hey, I just want to tell you today, Jesus loves you so much. But if they respond not nicely, get away from me. You Christians, you're so annoying. You know, you might get that every once in a while. Or maybe more than once in a while. And you might get just cold shoulder. You might get somebody turning away. You might get somebody swearing in your face. And you know what? It doesn't have to stop you. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a story, and I want you to borrow this story. It's a friend of mine, Gary Oates. He, was, he came with us on one of these trips to Brazil. Got totally wrecked by God. Matter of fact, had a supernatural experience, was taken up, saw Jesus. His eyes absolutely got open to the supernatural realm. Like on an ongoing basis, he regularly, he goes into rooms, he sees angels, he can see the demonic, he can, he can whether it's in a church building, whether it's in a, just, uh, you know, just going through life, he'll often see angels. Um, he, he, you know, like he'll, he'll, he'll can go up to somebody and, and if sometimes there's an angel like with their hand on the person's shoulder. And he'll like know that that person's got a pain in their shoulder and he's supposed to pray for their shoulder. I call it cheating. But, but anyway, he, so he was in Brazil after this happened and he was preaching. He was going to preach at this church. It was several thousand people gathering that night. And, um, and they came to him before the service. And, and they said, uh, Pastor Gary, uh, there's some people from the Macumba Center. It's basically a witchcraft center down the street. And we know because they're dressed up in all their Macumba garb. And, uh, and they're there and they're casting spells. Do you want us to remove them? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'll, I'll take care of it. Now, he wasn't planning on getting up at the beginning before the worship, but he decided, I'm going to go out before the worship, and I'm just going to, and he just said, welcome to everybody, with a, through a translator, I welcome everybody, and glad you're here tonight, and I especially want to welcome the folks from the Macumba Center down the street. And I just want to say, glad you're here. And I just want to say two things to you. First of all, I just want to encourage you to not cast any more spells and, and, and do any more of, your, of, the, of the witchcraft, because because we've prayed, and we don't want those things that you're, you're, you're doing to come back on you, okay? And so we just, wanna, we just want you to be, um, not, be, not be harmed. And, and he said, but the second thing I want to say is much more important. He said, on behalf of the church of Jesus Christ, I want to apologize to you. He said, because I'm sure there was a, probably a time in your life where you're going through life, and you realize you were created for supernatural power to flow through you. And you looked around and you didn't see it in the church of Jesus Christ where you should have seen it. And so you turned to the next best thing that you saw in the Macumba Center and in the power of darkness that can flow, that can flow through you and where you can have power. And I just want to say, I am so sorry that the church of Jesus Christ was not where we we're supposed to be. But I want you to know that tonight, you're going to see the power of God flow here tonight. And I believe that tonight you're going to want to come to Christ and lay down that and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit like you were meant to be filled. Isn't that good? Some wisdom there, huh? You can borrow that. What do I mean by that? When you get that cold shoulder, when you get that swearing, when you get that not welcome to the news that you're wanting to pray for them, you could just say, hey, listen, I know you've not, you've probably been turned off by the church. You've probably been turned off by Christians. You, you know, we've not been what we're supposed to be, and I apologize on behalf of Christians. But right now, I believe that God wants to touch your life. And if you give me your hand, you're going to see his power right now. That's what we should be doing. That's the kind of confidence we, sh confidence we should be stepping out in. I'm sorry for what you have, haven't seen in the church of Jesus Christ, but you're going to see it right now through me because I'm part of the body of Christ. Back to 
Mark chapter 2, just about done. And being able to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet in which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. Here's what's so crazy. Jesus is there. There's men digging a hole above him. When you dig down through a roof, you know you don't catch all the material. Stuff is falling, right? Jesus, it says, looks up and sees not the roof collapsing above him, not this strange sight of a man being lowered down, but not this, these crazy four men trying to get another man to Jesus. He looks up and sees what? Their faith. Jesus is looking through all the stuff going on in our life. And he's looking for faith. You know that Jesus said something directly to us. How many believe that Jesus could, could come back in our lifetime? You know, he could. Right? You know, it says that he says to the generation he asked the generation, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? He's asking, I believe our generation, or maybe a generation coming up really soon, he's asking, not just faith for salvation, he's saying, will anybody be believing? Will anybody have the faith to believe in that the supernatural power of God, that the kingdom of God can come, that they are actually bringing the kingdom of God with them, and they're bringing heaven to earth with them? Will he find that kind of faith? He loves faith. He was looking, he, was, he saw faith in these guys. What is faith? Faith, I, I summarize it for myself. You can borrow this definition. I like this definition. That I, that I, believe, I simplify it. I make things really simple for myself. Faith is God is good. He's good to me right now and he wants to be good through me right now. That's to me faith. God is good. He's good to me. He's being good to me right now and he wants to be good through me right now. And, I, and that's what these guys are doing. They're believing. Jesus is going to be good to us right now. He's going to heal this guy. And we can step out in that faith. We can step out every single day. Jesus is looking for faith. There's... So many things going through my mind. I just want to close with the thing that's most important for you all. All right, let me tell you this story. That same, that same class of 50 students, there was three students that went to an olive garden. And they, um, they're just going for lunch. Like some of you might go out after this service. And they're just going. They weren't really thinking of, well, we got to minister at Olive Garden. But they were aware of what the power of God could do through them. And so their, their uh, waitress comes up, and, and her name is Rachel. She's a very bubbly waitress. And, and I say, hey, can I take your drink order? And, and, and waitress says, because cause the, there was a married couple and, and then a, and a single guy, and, and she's and the the, the gal is pregnant, and so she says to the gal, oh, I see you're pregnant, you know, is it going to be a, 
uh, boy or girl, you know, when do you do? And, and just making, you know, talk about, oh, and do you know the name? Uh, do, do you know a name? It's going to be a boy. Oh, do, you, do you know the name that you're going to name him? And he goes, yeah, we're going to call him Aiden. She goes, oh, oh, Aiden, oh, okay. And, and something changed in Rachel and the, and the, and the waitress. And, and, and so it kind of got their attention. And they're like, hey, we need to pray for, for Rachel right now. And they, they prayed, Lord, what are you doing in Rachel? They just, you know, praying for the food, but then praying for, Lord, what are you doing in Rachel right now? Lord, speak to us. We, we, we know. We, we want to we bless Rachel. And, and one of them just felt like that, that um, he remembered Rachel in the Old Testament. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a, 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 an he was a young believer, and he hadn't really read all the scriptures even. And, 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 but he just thought, I think Rachel in the Old Testament, like I, I think I remember about like a Rachel in the Old Testament and her crying, and he just got the feeling like that, that Rachel um, has, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Rachel had said to them, oh, I have a boy at home, Aiden. I'm sorry, that, that was part of the, the story. And, he, and so he says, I think that there was like a lot of pain around when, when our waitress had um, Aiden, and, and, but we need to tell her that that pain is going to be turned to joy. And so, so that, was the, that was the word. Not very amazing, just like a little, little thing that just flashed through his mind. He thought, and they thought, okay, we're gonna, when Rachel comes back, we're going to tell her. So she, Rachel comes back, and, they, and, and he, he says that to him. He said, basically, hey, we're just praying for you, Rachel. And, and we, just, we just think that when you had Aiden, there was a lot of pain around that. But that God's going to turn that for joy. And she goes, you are, like, loud. You are freaking me out. You are freaking me out. You just, but not in a bad way. You just made my whole life. You just made my whole life. And, and they're like, oh, my goodness, what did we say? I, I, I mean, it didn't seem like that amazing of a word of knowledge. And she, they're like, well, what, what are you talking about? She said, Aiden's not my son. He's my sister's uh, son. And she was killed in a car accident. And I now have custody of Aiden. I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm supposed to adopt him. You just made my whole life. I think that was worth 30 seconds of prayer. Just. Brothers and sisters, we, we have such a privilege. This week, literally, thousands of people had experiences like that, like Rachel, simply because folks like you and me decided we're not just going to go and live life and have a good service next Sunday, but we're going to carry this amazing presence of the Holy Spirit with us, and everywhere we go, we're going to expect miracles through these hands, through this mouth, we're going to look at people through eyes of love. We're not going to try to get them saved, but they're going to get saved. That's not going to be, uh, we're, they're going to get saved because they're going to experience God and then they're going to be say, I want to know more. Tell me more about Jesus. And it's going to happen through us because we get to do this stuff just like Jesus. Why don't you stand I'm just going to pray for you and then have the pastor come back on up. Just be before the Lord right now. What, what is the Lord speaking to you on this?
just respond to him. It might be, Lord, I need to be a doer of the word. I just, I just don't want to just hear this stuff. I want to be used by you. I'll take a step. It could be just with these 21 days of kindness. I'll take a step. I'm going to love on somebody. But then I might not just cut their lawn, but then I'm going to ask if I could pray for them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bring the presence of God in their life. What is it? What is it, God? How does he want to change? Listen, you start doing this, you're going to become addicted in a really good way. You're going to realize, wow, God gets to use me. So, Father, I bless these awesome folks. I bless. I thank you for the privilege, like I said, of being here. I thank you for this body. I thank you for this church. I thank you for pastor and the leadership here. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work here in this city, in this town, in, in this area. And, Lord, I believe that you really are, just like was declared earlier, that you are doing a work. Of, you are, you are, you are, they are a light to this area. And I pray that they, they might so shine that people might see the good works that come out of the life and so glorify the Father who is in heaven because of what happens through them, through their mouth, through their hands, through their eyes, because of what they have done to bring you honor. We do give you glory, Lord. Not just sing about it. It will happen through us. I bless them right now. I bless them with power. I bless them with anointing. I bless them, Lord. I pray that these seeds would bear much fruit in their life. Bear much fruit in their life. That it would be a start of thousands and thousands and thousands of people being touched. And that people would gather in this place, not because it's such a great building, but because they have heard the stories of Jesus. They have heard the stories that have been told of what's happening because Jesus is living in them and among them. So I bless them right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.